now entering the Phantom Squad Podcast. Enjoy the match. Hey everyone, this is another episode of the Phantom Squad Podcast. This week, I have the Spooky Dudes from the Spooky Dudes Podcast. Alright, so uh, my guest today is Corey and Eric of the Spooky Dudes. How's it going, guys? What's up, man? Pretty good, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Now, I wanted to ask you guys, kind of uh, first start off, uh, how did you guys get into fandom, and um, what are your top three, or top three with your honorable mentions? Um, Corey, did you want to start, or? Uh, sure. Like, just how did we get into just geeky pop culture stuff in general? Yeah, like, what was the first thing that kind of, like, tickled your fancy to, like, ooh, what is this... This uh, this side of life I've never got into before. Uh, well, I mean, as a as a kid, um, my I, I grew up. My my dad always collected something. Like he'd collect records, you know, vinyl. Uh, he collected comic books. He collected physical media, so VHS tapes and eventually DVDs and stuff like that. So, um. I've always grown up around that collector mentality. I've always collected something, whether it be action figures or Halloween masks, or now I collect a ton of uh, Blu-rays and stuff. Um, so I always grew up around that. Um, there was always a big like push to decorate the house for Halloween. Like we always had like the coolest decorations in the neighborhood uh, where I grew up. And, you know, some kids would, you know, make fun of it or whatever, but they were all, you know, kind of assholes or whatever. So it didn't matter. Um, so I always loved Halloween and like the classic uh, Universal Monsters. I always had the images of like Frankenstein and the Wolfman and stuff in my head. So I guess that was it, man. Just growing up with comic books and, and monsters. Awesome. Now, what would it be for you, Eric? <laughs> kid growing up uh, I mostly was a big big movie buff well not a movie buff again, but I really enjoyed watching movies and I'd say it started with PBS because PBS was the first my first introduction to Doctor Who so I first discovered Tom Baker who was my first doctor because I watched all of his reruns they showed on PBS um, and then after that it just it grew from there from PBS to actual movies movies I wasn't supposed to watch television shows i became a really huge fan of uh, ninja turtles and gi joe that's what really triggered my phase of like wanting to collect stuff like having action figures and physical things <clears throat> and it just kind of grew from there as i got older but just kind of just just the sale of the geeky stream whatever tickled my fancy i would gravitate to once i discovered star wars though i'd say uh, that kind of took over my main fandom and uh, because there was no uh, new Doctor Who at the time. Well, I could be, could be wrong. I think I think the uh, I think it just ended. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, Star Wars took over after that to my uh, teens. It's kind of been my main thing. But yeah, in a nutshell, that's that's where it started out for me. 
Awesome, awesome. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention to you, since I know you uh, you said you started watching with the, the reruns, uh, if you got Pluto TV, I think it's like one channel, 170 or one, it's on there. They play reruns of all the way up from the first Doctor to the fifth Doctor uh, on there in a continuous run. Yeah, I, thought, I discovered that channel about a year ago, and that's a fantastic channel. They also have an Adams Family uh, channel as well that I found from the original series. I'm really glad those exist for people who who have never just who you know they're they just now with how people are going to grow up, they're not going to discover this thing unless somebody's introduced them to them until they discover it some other way. So I'm really glad those are still out there so people can actually watch them. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I was telling Sean on the the podcast before that I got into some shows kind of like Hogan's Heroes and mash and a couple other things because uh for a while i didn't have like streaming or you know regular cable i just kind of had the satellite and i picked up me tv and i just kind of got into a lot of those shows that i never would have looked into sort of like uh one that i told him was uh what is the name it had chuck jones in it the the rifleman and i got into watching those it's a really good show about um has a great message at the end of the day about why you shouldn't kill anybody, only he kills someone every episode. Yeah. <laughs> and with the Adam Stanley thing, like, I've heard about it and I've seen clips and pieces because I grew up on, probably like a lot of people my age, because I'm only 25, almost 26, I grew up on the, the 90s movies uh, when they came out, so it was great going back and looking and seeing um, Sean, at, not Sean, but his, his father, John, seeing John Aston as uh, Gomez and seeing the series. Uh, one piece of advice I would give to you and anyone the same age or younger, and I've said this on our show, there's lots of new great content always become available coming out there. But don't forget, there is a mountain of stuff that's been out for the past that you're really missing out on if you just need to go back and look out for stuff because there's a lot of great movies, shows, all kinds of stuff. You just have to seek them out. And you'd be surprised how much stuff out there you really dig. Oh, yeah, especially now like with streaming because uh... – Hopefully, I won't get monetized for using this. Uh, this it's a it's a site that I use, but Facebook doesn't let me put the actual link because it's like no, no, this is a torrent site. Uh, I use LookMovie.ag, and there's tons of movies and TV shows from like all the years and stuff. Like I just like I said, I just watched Farscape on there from the beginning, and uh, they have a bunch of stuff. So if you're looking for like I said, with all the streaming and stuff, there's a lot of revenues that weren't there like five years ago. It's a good outlet for anyone who's trying to find old things, man. For sure, for sure. Now, uh, what would you say you guys would be your, I'd say top three and then two honorable mentions or your top five? Uh, like fandoms or, I know that changes. I know for me, like, Sometimes it changes every now and then. Corey, uh, well, number one, like, is horror. Like, <laughs> um, I'm, I've just always been into horror. Um, it just got solidified, like, real hardcore once I got into high school. Uh, so that will always, forever, be number one. Oh man, uh, I guess number two. Uh, I, I, I say comics. I don't read that many comics now, but um, I'm a big fan of Daredevil, uh, 
also horror related big fan of like the ec comics you know like the uh, tales from the crypt the vault of horror type stuff um i don't know i mean can, can it can a fandom be like uh, uh collecting a specific thing like if i collect a lot of funko pops can that be a fandom oh yeah yeah that's one reason i called the podcast fandom squad because you can i know fandom is usually like a geeky term but like I'm a huge fan of like my favorite band is the Beatles or I'm a huge fan of like old antiques and things and old like there there you can be a fan of anything it's just what makes you happy with something so yeah you can be a fan of whatever makes you happy in that sort of environment fan is what brings you joy yeah in a nutshell uh, okay well I, I really like camping <laughs> you know I don't know I just like I'm not a huge outdoorsy person because I'm allergic to a lot of stuff that's outside, but I, I love camping and um, just hanging out at a campsite and hiking and walking around the streams and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. And just collecting stuff. Now, so being like, someone who uh, who is into horror and stuff, does it kind of give you, do you get kind of weird vibes sometimes when you're camping? Like, oh God, is that a serial killer? <laughs> uh way more so when I was younger not not really anymore like I don't know something changed like I have two uh, a three year old and a six year old and I, something changes like I don't the the fear of the dark stuff doesn't really affect me anymore I don't know if it happens to every parent but my kids they still you know get freaked out by this stuff but you know like hearing a noise out in the woods and, and stuff like that doesn't really I don't know, something weird. It's some switch that flipped. I used to be so freaked out by even just like the lights out of my own house. I would hear like something out in the, you know, in the corner of the room and freak out. But yeah, no, it doesn't really, doesn't really get me anymore. Now with your children, I know, have you got them into any horror stuff? I know as a kid for me, before I got into Stephen King, I've always said, before you get into Stephen King, you need to start with R.L. Stein. Have you got them into anything like R.L. Stein or anything like that to kind of get them into the genre a little bit? Uh, yeah, we we started off with like a little bit of um, like Monsters, Inc. and Goosebumps. And um, just last week I showed them uh, a Cannibal Holocaust in a Serbian film. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, um, good choices. <laughs> Very family friendly. Uh, no, well, they're not allowed to watch anything that's like PG-13 or worse, but... Um, we do watch like uh, trying to think. We were just watching something today that was like I can't even tell you what it's called, but it's something similar to Minions. Like there's no real words being spoken, but these <laughs> little characters are dressed like monsters. Um, we've watched like Monster House. My my son Bear, he did get kind of obsessed with Goosebumps for a while um, because of the opening with that dog that's eyes light up. Oh yes. He goes, the dog with the eyes lighting up, you know, and then the episode would either freak him out so bad we'd turn it off or he'd make it through and just be like, well, whatever. Um, but yeah, Goosebumps and, and uh, Labyrinth. We, we showed him Labyrinth. The, you guys were talking about it earlier, I think. Oh, yeah. Before we started recording, like the David Bowie and... Um, yeah, you definitely got to, at some points, the one, probably the scariest part for a child in that movie is uh, 
seeing David Bowie's bulge in the leotard? <laughs> so my wife kept bringing that up. At the time, my son was, you know, very young, and so he didn't, I, he probably wouldn't notice anything right now, but, like, he would freak out about the goblins when they were on the screen, but then when they'd go away, he'd be like, where are the goblins? Where are they coming back? You know, it was, it was this weird kind of, he was real into it, but then he was, like, also freaked out. Yeah, uh, you would love, they have a puppet of one of the goblins at the museum as well. Okay, he, he would probably like it now. He's, like, six now. Another, uh, one I recommend as well that I probably watched when I was probably eight or nine, because I loved Ernest and uh, the Halloween movie that he did with the trolls. Corey hasn't seen it. Yeah, I've never seen that oh movie. Oh, my God. It's so, it's, it's so goofy. But it is sort of the who did the makeup or the creature design on that. It sort of looks like somebody took the troll guy from Labyrinth and one of the critters from Critter and just morphed them into this big giant creature. If you want to see uh, another makeup that's very similar, watch the movie Color Clowns from Outer Space. I love that. I love that. My girlfriend just actually got me into that movie because I've heard about it, and she's like, I'm going to sit you down and watch this. <laughs> it's, it's a jewel. I love the movie. Uh, I think it's the only earnest movie I've never seen. Yeah, it's a, it's a very... It is very earnesty. Like, there's a scene that always makes me laugh in it because the trolls, they have these very nasty, gooey snot, and he gets it splashed in his face, and he does the... Ew, thing that he's known for. And that scene just makes me laugh. Let's just say it'll make you, that movie will make you appreciate school lunchroom milk cartons. <laughs> uh, if you want a good kids, uh, kids, kids oriented film to introduce people and introduce younglings to a horror, the horror genre per se, that's still very kid friendly. You ever seen a Rankin Bass's uh, Mad Monster Party? Oh, I love Rankin Bass. Yeah, we we did we watched that last uh, last October. I said that's a that's a great you know opening you know avenue for dangerous characters like Dracula and all that kind of stuff in there. Yeah, Rankin Bass is one of those companies. My grandparents they showed me the original like the Christmas movies and like my favorite to this day is the Miser Brothers. That's one of those treasures that I I'm so glad that ABC or whichever network does it plays every year because. Those, the puppetry and the, all that with those movies are just timeless and they're just beautiful. And I'm glad that they are being shown to new generations every Christmas. Yeah, that's really cool, man. You can't beat that animation style. It's just got this very distinct look. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. For sure. Uh, I know when it comes to that, you guys, uh, like with props and stuff, have either of you seen the, uh, the Disney show Prop Culture? It's on the Disney Plus app. I honestly haven't dug too much in the Disney Plus since the last season of Mandalorian ended. <laughs> I uh, don't have to because I thought I was on there. Yeah, it's, it's really I'm cool. Oh, yeah, it's it's really cool. The guy, I can't remember his name, but he's big in the like recovering old movie props. Like the first episode, uh, they find and show you the bag from Mary Poppins and her umbrella. Um and then I think there's an episode with, like, Tron, where they find the actual talk to the guy who created Tron, which now it's funny because he's not into technology. He's more of a... He makes sculptures out of, like, wood. I'll have to check it out. That's definitely up my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's very cool. That in the, just the, uh, 
one that I really fell in love with. They do one on uh, the props from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, the stop motion stuff? Oh, yeah, and like the guy who created the original Jack Maquette brings it out and you actually see the the one that was the prototype that the other ones that were based on that was never used in the movie. Oh, that's awesome, man. My sister's like a huge... I mean, I like Nightmare Before Christmas just fine, but like she's a huge fan. I just bought her... Uh, Walgreens does these uh, Halloween pops every year. Like They get four exclusive spooky pops and uh they did a glow-in-the-dark variant of uh jack as a vampire i went ahead and ordered that for her as a surprise yeah i just saw it at spencer's uh because it's one of my favorites uh at spencer's they had it on clearance it's originally 35 dollars, and they had it for four bucks it is a legit like a replica of the maquette it's not as big it's probably about i'd say about 10 inches but it has the very flimsy it's not very articulated very well, even though they say 12 points of articulation, but we all know how that goes when it comes to those companies. But it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a legit, like a, an awesome replica of the maquette from the movie. And I was just happy to glad they had it on sale. So Eric, uh, what would you say that your, uh, your top three fandoms or your top five would be? while I stopped collecting I went to digital uh, films film I became a huge movie buff collecting is still around for me photography is also another fandom and a passion of mine because I'm also a photographer and I kind of merged my fandoms because I really got into toy photography a few years ago and it's kind of taken over what I, what I do most of anyway so between toy photography film buff being film and photography I've merged all three of those together that's most of my nutshell. I mean, I've got other minor things, but that's the majority of things I focus on a lot. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I have to uh, uh, connect you guys with my best friend because he actually, he's a figure photographer. He also does custom uh, figures and stuff. So if you're looking to get, like, something custom made for a for a picture, I'll uh, connect you guys as well. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Because yeah, I think... Like uh, way better with the... <laughs> Like, I, I try to do the, the photo- toy photography stuff, but Eric's, like, he's got it down to a science and the customization stuff, too. He's d- done really well at that as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely going to have him, um, my, my other friend Billy, who does that for a living as well. I'm going to have them come on and just do an episode as well about, you know, the art and skill. Because that's, that's what I, how I look at it. I know a lot of people, like, you're just playing with toys, but I look at that because the craftsmanship that just goes into the sculpting of these figures. Oh, it's insane, man. Because he just did, I think, the the Mortal Kombat spawn that just came out. Uh, he just did a custom uh, zombie head for it, and which was gorgeous. That's a, that's a hell of a figure, too, man. That figure made... Uh, I'm not as hardcore about collecting action figures and stuff as I used to be, but... I still keep up with a lot of it on Facebook, and that's a that is a good looking figure. Oh yeah, especially uh, from what he told me, it looks good. And, and I was like, "Are you sure that's from the same company that made these other ones?" And he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Surprisingly, this looks better than the other ones that they made specifically for the Mortal Kombat characters." Did you see the um, t- 
Todd McFarlane was doing a Kickstarter or something to get a special Spawn figure made. Oh, yeah. he My buddy was talking about that, and he said that when they actually came out what the figure was going to be, everybody was so pissed because they promised all these different articulations and all these new innovative things, and then when they showed what actually was going to be, it was like, are you are you fucking kidding me? This is this is I could have just bought the one from the Mortal Kombat line. If you could find it, that thing was hard to find, dude. It was a, wasn't it a Walmart exclusive or something? Yeah, I yeah. kind of just got my. I went to because my Walmart where I'm at in my area is not a great area, but we get a lot of figures for somehow. It's kind of how I found his Mandalorian, uh, uh, the Mandalorian actual figure, because he was looking for it and they had it here at my Walmart and. I just happened to go in there one day, and they had him, they had the Spawn, and they had uh, the the new Doom figure they just came out with for the the four Fantastic Four Universe series. And so I got both of those, and I got him the Spawn figure. And Yeah, it was definitely hard to find, because I think there was only one left on the shelf. But yeah, the one that I have uh, for the Spawn, I have the original, my stepdad gave them to me a while ago. I have the original statues that McFarlane did in the 2000s. Yeah. Which those things are... I was looking at the prices for the... when After I couldn't find another one of the Mortal Kombat, I was looking at the prices and I was like, holy crap, this is... I'll just stick with my statue and the statues now are... The one that I have, he's got his leg up on the pile of skulls and he's got the cape like wrapped around his face and I think that one goes for at least... 85 to 100 bucks. And the only, awesome. Yeah, and the only thing that swivels on it really is his ankles and like his head. <laughs> yeah, um, they've come so far with articulation at this point. It's it's insane. From like the, the stuff I had as a kid where all they did was swivel their arms up and down and their legs pivoted like up and down and it didn't make any sense biologically. It's, it's really come a long way. Yeah, I just recently, with the articulation thing, I just recently, a buddy had got rid of some of his, I guess his wife made him get rid of them. Um, he, I have the original, it's either 1981 or 1982 version of Castle Skull with He-Man, Skeletor, and a lot of the B characters, and the elastic, I can tell that they're just kind of held together with like rubber bands inside. Amigo. I guess what they're called. I think, like I said, I think it's the, all I know is the, the Skeletor's, only half of his boots are painted on the front. I know what you're, I know what you're talking about, though, I can't exactly how they're held together. It's a body that's basically hollow that has rubber bands and yeah. holds on heads pulled in. Yeah, to they're even. Cool, cool little figures, but they don't last over time. That rubber deteriorates. Yeah, I can definitely tell that they were played with, but they were taken good care of because they're essentially naked because they don't have any of their armor on so I know they're played with but the paint is still really good like Skeletor's face is still pretty much intact which a lot of that armor just looking at to get them to get them in back in mint condition the armor on eBay is ridiculous I think for just his goat staff and his little little what a gladiator thing was like $75 and that was just the bid that was still going on bidding which was ridiculous pretty cool though oh yeah like I like I told my girlfriend I was like even though I didn't grow up in that era 
I love these toys. Uh, and just to have a Castle Grayskull itself, you can definitely tell from looking at it that they were like, shit, we got so many of these. Just spray paint the front black and keep them going. Nostalgia is a very powerful and addictive drug. And yes. That's what most people when they can like buy or collect anything because it instills memories of a thunder time when it's like when you're really happy like oh yeah it also triggers a little drip of dopamine in your brain that's what collecting really is it's a drug habit of collecting dopamine oh yeah like uh, my buddy's dad he grew up jehovah witness and uh and he's like i'm glad i got out of that when i realized what, how freaking crazy it was and he loved he-man but because of his religion they were never allowed to get the toys and stuff so when I finally got it, there was a couple that I gave him. He was on—he's a trucker, so he was off the road at the time. And there was, I think, a little sale piece that came with it that was an extra piece. I gave him Beastman was always his favorite, which I wanted to keep the Beastman, but I was like, this will mean more to him than it does to me. So I gave him the Beastman and a couple of the other guys. And my best friend texted me when his dad got home and walked in their his parents' bedroom and saw the display. And he's like, I literally heard my dad weeping in the room next to me. Yeah, so we we just went down like the nostalgia roadway, and I and I think both Eric and I both of us failed to mention this, and I I thought about this when you contacted me um, earlier. One of the things that really resonates with both Eric and I is we talk about, and we talk about this all the time, is the the video store, like. You know, and, and even like in terms of my kids, they're not going to get to experience walking into a blockbuster or a little mom and pop video store and just looking at these amazing VHS covers. Oh. Movies that are sucky is all get out, just terrible movies, but the cover, so good. Uh, they're not going to get that feeling of going in there on Friday night and picking out a movie. And that's super sad, but we reminisce about that all the time. Yeah, I was talking with Alan, uh, Alan Seiler, just about that as well, because I don't know how it came with the conversation, but kind of segued. And like I said, even being a kid of like the late 90s, early 2000s, that was still a part of mine. And I was just explaining to my nephews who are, uh, I think, 11 and almost 15 about how we would go in there. Like it would be it's not like they're like, what, you just couldn't stream? And I was like, no. When you went to Blockbuster, it was like, yes, we're going to Blockbuster. We're going to, it's, it was a night event. And if they didn't have your copy and you went up there and you're like, is this the thing? And they're like, oh, that's the display. And you were so pissed because they left the display case and you thought it was the movie and you thought you were going to get to rent it that night. Oh, yeah, man. It was, there's something magical about these things that aren't like a sure bet, you know? Like, you have to work a little bit for it. You have to drive to the video store. You have to weigh out your decisions. You can only rent two tapes this weekend, son. Okay, cool. Well, am I going to rent, um, you know, Puppet Master 3? Or am I going to rent Hard Ticket to Hawaii? Or am I going to rent... Well, first off, your parents are not going to let you rent Hard Ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> um, and they probably... They maybe let you rent Puppet Master. I don't know. My parents let me rent... Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, pretty young. Um, and that was fine. But, I mean, th that feeling, man, I don't know how to put that feeling into words of, of actually going to do that. Like, you've earned your weekend, and you get to go rent a movie or a video game. You do both. Oh, yeah, There's for me, like, growing up as a kid who was poor, being able to, like, we had the system because it was a Christmas gift, but, like, we had one game or... Like, I remember going to, 
the blockbuster and be like, oh, I can play this Sonic game or I can get this game that just came out because I know we could not actually afford to go buy it. Yeah, man. That feeling you're trying to describe, it's it's fairly easy to explain. You just put things a little different. Say anyone who's listening who collects Funko Pops, you know, there's a Funko Pop they really want and they enjoy going out in the wild and try to find it in the store. It's that same feeling of driving to the store. You're wondering if it's going to be there. And this is not the ones who have found, you know, searched, even the ones who searched the barcodes. Like, they know they're there. Still no guarantee the store hasn't been updated. It's that feeling you get there, like, yes, here it is. And it sucks for this. That feeling it sucks when it's not there. Or when you buy something new, a piece of clothing or a certain food or something. You know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's that same feeling that applies to the video store. You know, it's just, it just seems a little more special because it's just that unique experience that's special to you. You had to hunt for it. You didn't just like Google, uh, you know, space babes from outer space. You didn't you <laughs> walk into the store and awesome. c- convince your mom to let you rent it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was oh. lucky. I had our video store. I had uh, five for five Fridays, and it was basically a dollar. Every film was a dollar, but it had to be a certain year. Like any film in the 80s, 90s. It just depends, like new releases, they were regular price and stuff. So I'm always, I'm always going after old stuff. So I always like that, even that five dollar deal. But I got friends with the video. Uh, I was friends with the uh, owners of the video store. Now I actually tried to work there. I wanted to do my first job. I was like, I'm in the business. It was a dream. <laughs> Never happened. Anyway, yeah, I think I had that same thing. Like I think that's actually how I saw the '89 Batman and Batman Returns because it was that. I think it was like. 80s movies, a dollar or something like throwback or something. And I was like, ah, oh, I love Batman and I, I want to see these. And the same thing, like my parents, like my grandparents were way different when we went to the, because they were super religious. And it was, we could get G movies and trying to find a G rated movie in a blockbuster was so hard. But with my parents, they were more lenient. And that's kind of how my, I had, I'm the baby of five. So I had older siblings. So if I wanted to, if they saw something, I kind of, sat in and that's how we rented the movie half baked with um uh, uh Dave Chappelle. Yes, yes. Dave Chappelle. That and I remember seeing that movie cuz I wasn't supposed to but they were that was their movie they got to rent and I kind of was like, "Hey, can I come in here when you guys watch it?" And I watched that movie probably like a little younger than I should have. I was probably around like 6 or 7 years old when I first saw that movie. But yeah, just really? getting Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so as a joke, uh, a couple of years ago, um, my brother, I was like, hey, since uh, I know you collect different comedy movies, I found this and this will always be my memory because you let me watch it when I shouldn't have had, but I love this movie. I was like, I got you half-baked for Christmas. <laughs> I think that was probably, I know with horror movies, I guess you see it a lot more often, but I think as me as a little kid, that was like my first time like seeing a, like a boob on screen for the first time. Yeah, just, just one, literally one boob. Fully, man, fully. Yeah. And as a little kid, you're like, I know this is wrong, but I don't know what I'm feeling, but this feels kind of right. Like I was explaining to my nephew, uh, I can't remember, because I was like, you're old enough now. And I let him watch Police Academy. And I was watching it and I was like, oh shit, I did not realize this scene with all these naked girls. Please don't tell your mother. And then I told her later on because I felt bad. And she was like, oh, no, no, it's fine. She's like, I watched him, I let him, she's like, I made him watch the movie about a woman giving birth, so you're good. I was like, oh, dear God, why? <laughs> oh, man, I had such a crush on uh, Callahan when I was a kid, uh, Leslie Easterbrook. 
Yes. Uh, Police Academy. Is that Crash still there when you got the meter? Or was that the presence? <laughs> uh, no. I don't think no. so. Ain't Hunter at the table next to her at one of our cons we went to. And I was really wanting a picture with Kane. And then he looked at us and goes, you want a picture with me when she's sitting here? I'm like, no. Well, I kind of do, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you still want your picture with Kane. Why not both, man? It's like that little meme with the, the girl. Why not both? Yes. Uh, with that, uh, one thing for, because I want to talk about wrestling since now I know you guys like wrestling, but with those movies, like I just showed him, I was like, you're old enough now, you're 15. I showed him, I was like, this is the movie that I realized I was, I was like, I kind of discovered my sexuality with this movie. I showed him Sin City for the first time. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, wait till you, I was like, you're going to see Jessica Alba. You've seen her in that Spy Kids movie you watched when you were younger. But let me just, let me just let you watch this movie. <laughs> uh, Carla Gugino, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just that scene where Bruce walks in and you see Jessica Alba in the cowgirl outfit. As an 11-year-old boy, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I I uh, I uh think I'm a man now. <laughs> I had the same experience with Space Jam. <laughs> that bunny rabbit girl. <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the most sexualized female bunny I've ever seen in my life. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Mel Blank's probably turning around in his grave for that. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, for wrestling-wise, um, do you guys still watch wrestling? or? Um, I, so, I don't, I don't think Eric's as much into wrestling as I am. Um, not, to, not to speak for him, but I, I, I don't watch it as much anymore. Um, I, I hate to say this, but a lot of the, it's just not the same without a crowd. Oh, yeah. Um, and I know there's nothing they can do about that. They've implemented this, what, what's it called, Thunderdome or <laughs> something. Well, that master blaster, if that's the case. <laughs> Walk away. Walk away. Um, no, they, they have, like, what, webcams? Like, people are, these little screens and stuff. Oh, God. People on their webcams. Which that's that's cool, man. I, you can't fault them for for COVID nineteen. That's that's great. So the wrestling federation has now turned into OnlyFans. Oh basically. God, <laughs> Jesus! The weirdest thing I saw when I first happened, there was I think Stone Cold was on there, and he was just like, "Can I get a hell yeah? Can I get a hell yeah?" And you just see Michael Cole or whoever they announced at the time was just like, "Hell yeah!" And you just see Stone Cold just look of like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> Oh yeah, man. Uh, so I haven't I haven't watched wrestling currently, but I picture it's that one scene where it goes in the boardroom and all his little TV screens turn to face him because they're people. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time I watched wrestling, like actually sat and like I'm gonna set my DVR for this was it was when CM Punk did the the bot the bomb thing where he would come and just shit on everybody. Yeah, the, the pipe bomb. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was probably the last time Jesus. that I watched it. That's been a minute, man. And then I've seen like every now because my buddy, he, he's dips his toe in. Like I've seen a little bit of like with Adam Cole and those guys. Like I've seen bits and pieces of NXT. I almost got back into wrestling when NXT was on Hulu because I would watch yeah. it a little bit, but it just kind of. I watched a couple episodes and I was like, eh, this is not really my thing anymore. I'm more of when it comes to wrestling. I guess because I was a kid at the time. Me and him from like. 
mankind all the way up to probably like 2006, 2008 Jeff Hardy. Okay, yeah. That's a good time, man. I So here's the thing. Like, I did not, you know, I grew, as a kid, I was aware of like Hulk Hogan and Junkyard Dog and Jake the Snake and all that. Um, and then they had some kind of Saturday morning cartoon show that was WWF. I don't remember the name of it. Oh, uh, my my sister's husband showed me this because he knows a wrestling fan. Uh, it was uh, Hulk Hogan and uh, crap. Uh, I know because I had Mr. T and Roddy Piper on it. Uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that, that sounds right. <laughs> um, but I, I knew about it. I didn't get into it. I didn't really watch it. Um, I definitely did not watch it throughout my teenage years and stuff. Like the whole Attitude Era completely missed me, except for every kid in school had a they either had the rock shirt or the, the Austin 316 shirt or both, uh, except me. Uh, it just wasn't my thing. And then it wasn't until, oh my God, maybe four or five years ago that I started getting into it. Cause I didn't get it. You know, I was just like, okay, yeah. It like, uh, and I called it fake and everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the problem is it's not fake. It's scripted. It's, it's really not as much about the violence. It's more about the, the storytelling. Oh, and, yeah. They literally you know. kick each other's asses. <laughs> yeah. They get hurt all the time, man. Um, it's a choreographed soap opera. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very dramatic. And once I realized that and I realized what was going into it, I got real into it, man. Um, and I love it. I think it's a great thing. I would rather watch that than, uh, you know, MMA. I don't really like seeing people get hurt. For all the movies I watch with people getting just absolutely destroyed in every way possible, yeah. I don't. I do not like real violence. I don't like to see it. You know, I, yeah. So, uh, have you? Because me and my best friend, our favorite group at the time, and we still love them to this day. Like to the point when we would fake wrestle, we would be this group too. We were big fans of DX. Oh yeah, dude! Triple H is my favorite wrestler of all time. I yeah, DX is amazing. Yeah, that's my brother. When my older brother, we used to play like before it was SmackDown versus Raw when there were two separate games. He used to always get Triple H and would kick my ass, and I was like, God, why do you always pick him? That's your favorite. This is bullcrap. And then just when and then I got into it, and I just love DX and the so much of that that era when the the sexual underlying humor that was there with DX, just fucking hilarious. Oh yes, suck it in society when ass and suck it. Now all the, there's certain terminologies that we never see on television. And this was the breaking thing where it's more common. It's just natural now. Oh yeah, like there's a scene in one of them. I think it was a behind the scenes game where Triple H is pretending to get a. I think he's pretending to get a blowjob from. One of the, the divas, and he's just squirting the mustard, and you're just like, how is this still intended for freaking children? But this is great content. It's <laughs> such a waste of good condiment. Yes. Yeah, dude. I mean, mustard don't grow on trees. Um, if you really want to watch some really awesome programming that involves Hulk Hogan, and also if anyone who really loves Miami Vice, you should check out Tropic Thunder. That was an amazing television show. That'd be fantastic, by the way. Um. Yes, that that's uh, with that too. Have you seen any of like the new documentaries that are coming out for wrestling? 
The I recommend the Andre the Giant one. The Andre the Giant one will make you cry like a baby. Even even the uh, a wrestling fan, the devil himself, Vince McMahon, goes into tears in this documentary. It's the HBO, so it doesn't have that sort of shitty WWE documentary style. <laughs> yeah, some of those are a little bit too fluffy. But yeah, I recommend that one. It's hard for me to care about wrestling most of the time nowadays because, like, again, you know, I, I fizzled out in my uh, love of wrestling after Nitro and WCW finally disappeared and was bought out. That whole just it was, I think that was the heyday of wrestling, honestly, in my opinion. It was the Attitude Days, the Nitro, when it was still around. It's just not, it's just not my bag anymore. So I just don't, it's hard for me to keep up or really care, not care, want check anything new. Yeah, I probably have to say probably for me the the last good wrestling was probably mm, probably 2006. And that's I guess that's because I was a big Hardy Boys fan and they were that was their reinsurance when quote unquote Jeff was off drugs. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I think that's when he was started coming back and when he started doing the full face paint thing with the eyeballs and everything. Yeah. Which my nephew, I was so mad because when I was watching it, when they had the Jeff Hardy armbands, I always wanted to make those armbands. They were just printed little dots on these white gloves. When my nephew and them rent, I think about three years ago, they legit sell now the cut it up things. I was like, where the hell were these when I was watching it? I wanted some of those. They would have had you hook, line, and sinker, man. Yeah, because we used to were like, I don't want that crappy one. Hey, Mom, do you got some colored socks that I can cut up? Or some nylons? <laughs> I think now with AEW, like, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, how the numbers compare between WWE viewers and, and AEW viewers, but I, know, I do know that Tony Khan has more money than Vince McMahon, which that's encouraging. Um... And that product definitely reaches out to a certain audience that I think has been, like, bored with with what WWE has become, you know? Yeah. I, I, I like the PG era just fine. It's just sometimes the story is so stupid, and they misuse the talent so much. Like, Rusev is not on WWE anymore. He's on AEW. Rusev is amazing. Same with, like, Kofi Kingston. Kofi, that's one of the guys that I feel is underrated. He's, yeah, he's amazing, man. Like, he's just a hell of an athlete. Oh, yeah, just his acrobatics. And you're just like, you're you're putting him with these guys doing trumpets. Are you kidding me? He has so much more potential than this. Yeah. He's, he's amazing, man. It's just, uh, it's just crazy. Like, me and my best friend, like, I knew that wrestling was garbage because my best friend is, I'm a big wrestling fan, but the, he was the, I have to buy the magazine every time it comes out. I have the belts, I have every figure that they've came out with type of wrestling fan. And when he was like, I don't watch wrestling anymore, I was like, yep, wrestling's gone to shit because he's the number one fan and if he doesn't like it, I know something's wrong. Yeah, I mean, if you burn out your core audience, you're you're definitely going to lose interest, 100%. Because that's, that's, if you burn them out, word of mouth is going to go down. Word of mouth will help you out really fast or it'll also take you out real fast, so... But, I mean, the company's never going to fold. Yeah. Like, WWE is, is, is too much money involved, and 
but they're, they're still making money hand over fist off of like action figures and shit like that. So, oh yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll be fine even with the dip in ratings. I think that's the only thing me and my buddy still collect of WWE are the when they do the retro figures of like the older wrestlers that never got a modern styled articulated figure. Like I bought the Macho Man Randy Savage when they did a couple of years ago, just because I wanted a Macho Man that had that articulation. It was his uh, purple and white uh, tasseled cowboy outfit. Oh, nice! Yeah, Macho Man's amazing, dude. That's one of the one of the greatest of all time. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, man. It was. That was one have of. You, huh? Have you? Sorry to interrupt. I know you're good. The. I just the name of it just escaped me, but it's a documentary series. Um, oh, Dark Side of the Ring. It was put out by. Uh, oh my God! Now I'm forgetting. It sounds familiar. I know that Paul Heyman did something recently with a documentary about something like that. This is. I mean, there's like a, an episode or two that goes into the whole Chris Benoit thing. Um, it's so good, dude. That whole series, I bought the series on Amazon. Like, I didn't even, like, I, I watched one or two on YouTube, and then they got yanked. Um, and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to spend 30 bucks and buy this whole thing. It's so good. Yeah, I was just listening to, like, that conspiracy podcast I was talking about. They were t- had an episode on Chris Moore. I hate, how, like, he is, they do have his stuff a little bit on the net, the WWE Network, the, you know, the, the, the app or whatever. But you, you just can't search his name. Like, you have to really dig for it, which it makes me so mad. I know that he did such a terrible thing, but, like, the shit that y'all put him through, the kind of, I feel, made him do the thing that he did with what y'all put him through, to for them to just kind of push him away and kind of like, this never happened, he never existed in this thing, just kind of makes me pissed to the company that they just kind of, in a sense, whitewash him away. Well, they did that, and they didn't. Um, they didn't reach out to um, her family, like the the wife. I, I forget her name, unfortunately, but they they didn't give much of any support to her family after the fact. Too, it's like they kind of, like you said, whitewashed or just like let him be, you know, fade into obscurity. But they also like dropped these connections with this family that they they really should have done more and reached out to them and yeah time they needed the, the most when and like like i was saying there's a lot of stuff that at that time that people when part of the conspiracy is that they are covering it up because they knew at the time that there was this big we all know the steroid stuff and they didn't want anything to do with that and kind of to so it didn't tarnish them they kind of just put him away and Locked all that away so it wouldn't tarnish that company, which is bullshit. Yeah, man, it's uh, it sucks, dude. That whole situation is super sad. Because what I've heard, like over the years, they were literally like had the doctors for WWE go. I know you don't want to take steroids, but like here's some steroids. I highly recommend you take them. I well, you know what? In that case, I don't. They they tried to the media tried to plant plant that or say that it was steroid related but i'm i'm absolutely certain it was not steroids it was cte yeah that's what the i forgot to mention that too that's what the conspiracy was too that they knew he had like that issue but they didn't do anything about it and just made him push and push 
a man can only take so many blows to the head and not be fucked up. Oh yeah, yeah. You uh, even that that movie. Um, Will Will Smith is in it. Uh, concussion. Yeah. It's actually a super good movie. Like if you if you get past Will Smith using this, um, I can't remember if the gentleman was Jamaican or what, but he had an accent, and so Will Smith is doing this accent the whole time, and you're like, "That's Will Smith." But that movie's super good, and that shit is real, man. Like, yeah, it's based on a true story. Yeah, he, he's the doctor that that came up with the that you know coined the term CTE and did all this research, so. Yeah, it's it, real interesting, but so sad, man. If I'm sure the movie, if I remember if it's the right one where, like you said, he came up with it and they kind of just like shut him out, like, shut up, don't tell anybody about this. And yeah. he kind of fought back and was like, I'm going to, people need to know about it. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. I, I hate that. It's hard to bring things down. So oh, man. no, 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 no. No, I like, like I was telling, uh, I'm depressed. Oh, no, no, you're good. Sorry, I, I liked a little bit of story. I like the stories and just the, talking about things like going segueing into different stuff and like I said I listen to Joe Rogan I I hear all the different talks and stuff like this and which uh what other do you guys listen to a lot of different other podcasts or I used to it's just it's from the way I I used to listen to a lot when I'm at work when my work schedule's kind of changed where I don't have a lot of free time anymore but it got to a point where I was listening to so many it was hard to stay up to date so I try to I try to when I can. Uh, Bloody Disgusting is a really is a good one. I still listen to uh, some other ones from the uh, Frog Frog Pants Network, Film Sack, um, The Morning Stream, pretty good one. But yeah, there's just so many. I try to keep up with when I can, but it's getting harder nowadays. Yeah, I recommend uh, since I know you're a Doctor Who fan, David Tennant has a really good interview podcast. David Tennant himself. Yeah, yeah, he actually, he hosts it, and he brings on, like, one of the, since we're all in Georgia, I was shocked, because I was like, let me look at the name. He actually talks to Stacey Abrams, uh, and talks to, the you know, the politician, and talks uh, fandoms and stuff as well. well that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah he, I didn't know about that. Yeah, he's a good interviewer, like, plus I just love his voice. He just has that nice, smooth voice. But yeah, he's a good interviewer. That's what I recommend, and uh, the comedian Mark Marin. uh... It's called WTF with oh, Mark Marin. Yeah, I, I listen to Mark. Uh, I don't listen to everyone he does, but if when he has a certain guest on, I'll, I'll chime in if somebody I'm interested in. Oh yeah, that that's me too. If I recognize a name, same with uh, because uh, like I said, we're all into fandom stuff. Uh, do you either one of you listen to? Uh, it used to be Nerdist, but now it's the ID Ten T with Chris Hardwick. I used to listen to Nerdist, but I personally had have a high distaste for Chris Hardwick, so I just. Anything he was involved with or was involved with, I just don't care for anymore. Oh, cool. Oh, oh, oh cool, 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 cool. Uh, so, uh, did something happen with that, or? Uh, no, I just, I just think he's a little twerk. <laughs> I, don't, I, just, I don't care for him. Just the interviews he's done in the past, and then there was a whole, there was a whole drama with him that I don't want to bring up. Just, but it's just, he's just something I just don't really care for. Like, you live your life, but. I'm good on anything you have to do. Yeah, I know there was a lot of stuff with him that happened when, like, Nerdist broke up, because uh, I can't remember the story, but it was some stories about him when it that's what happened it was because of him. It was something to do. It was, there were some issues with him and him and Chloe, I think it's Chloe's Dexter, it's like Mr. Butcher, her last name. 
Yeah, the girl yeah, he was dating at the time, yeah. yeah. Which I think came out to be actually false accusations. I think I, I everybody like kind of hard work, honestly, in one aspect. That's his role in House of Thousand Corpses. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is that is speaking of House of a Thousand Corpses, that is actually my girlfriend's uh, I think like our favorite movie because I think she has watched if I look at my YouTube history, she has watched the Dead Meat episode of House of a Thousand Corpses at least two hundred times. Well if she doesn't own a digital copy, now is the perfect time to read the, the Bible. Oh yeah, she didn't even know about the, the box set that just came out. Which I heard uh which I'm pissed because it got delayed a lot. How do you guys feel about the Afterlife movie? Uh, I'm not familiar. What, you, Eric, do you know uh, what? Uh, no, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh. Oh. I'm excited for it. Yeah, dude. Why not? Yeah, for sure. Especially seeing the Ecto-1, the OG, and not what they used in that horrible, horrible remake. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but... and. I know some people are like, that's just, you're just saying that because it was all girls. I'm like, no, 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 just because I'm not, I'm cool with diversity, but like, it wasn't funny. Just because they're SNL actors doesn't mean it's going to be funny. Uh, I went to see that film in the theaters. There was hardly anybody in there, but you know, I went, I go at weird times to avoid crowds. While I understand what they were trying to do with that, at the end of the day, that movie is forgettable. It's mostly dick and fart humor type jokes, and it, it felt like I was watching an SNL movie. It's okay, but it's not that funny. It's not, it's there's nothing to do with the actors. I mean, all the actors in there they're really good. They're very uh, talented people. It's just it's not that great. And I I, I don't know what they're in there. The whole online just nonsense spell. That's that's usual online bullshit. And but yeah. It's its own separate universe. It's not connected to the afterlife. That's the way they're doing this. So people who like that movie, go for it, man. Enjoy it. It's not going to disappear. That's one thing that annoys me about people. They get so upset, like something new comes out or something different. What you like is still there. Like, if you like, let's roll back the time. When that first Ghostbusters thing came out, everyone's like, oh, this ain't my Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 1 and 2 are not going to vanish. You can still go watch that shit wherever you want. Yeah. Calm the hell down. It doesn't even, I mean, honestly, it, it doesn't even take place in the same universe because oh. the, the, the same characters were, or the same actors were different characters and like the, the original Ghostbusters weren't even referred to. So it's just like, whatever, man. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes was... you swing and miss, you know, and I, I don't think it's a great movie by any standard, but I, I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot at it when I watched it. Yeah, for sure. Like like I said, I just saw from what the trailer showed me, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to hate this, but this just isn't for me. Which I, I don't know if you guys are big SNL fans. or I like, I like SNL, but I guess I'd have to say probably new SNL isn't funny. I, there's, I, there's, I, some, okay. there's some skits like, the the Kyle, when they did the Kylo Ren ones with Adam Driver as the Matt thing that was funny, but a lot of their new stuff is not great, and you can it's just, the humor is not there. When Kristen Wiig and a few others that left, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much done with Saturday Night Live, and now I'm so 
sick of anything political. I'm so sick of the political humor on Saturday Night Live. It's like, I'm not watching this again. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a long ass time. Yeah, that's, that's what throwed me off was the political. I'm like, I come to SNL for laughs, not to, uh, for politics. Probably the best SNL season. Uh, I watched it with the DVDs and stuff. Is uh, the, probably the last best season was when Will Ferrell was on there. Oh yeah, once once you lost like Ferrell and um, um, oh shit, I just blanked on the name. Chris Farley, uh, Chris Kattan, Sherry O'Terry. You know. Um, once you lost, started losing them, it's like all downhill from there for me. Yeah, probably only the the most decent one that's came out of it recently would probably either be uh, Bill Hader and Jimmy Fallon. More more yeah. Bill Hader than anything else. Well, Bill Hader, uh, I will like forever think that that dude's awesome because of his performance in It Chapter Two. I he, just watched that with my girlfriend because stole uh, it. <laughs> yes, I I like that. Yeah, she just got me into the like I watched. I will forever love the original with Tim Curry because I just I'm a big Tim Curry fanboy. Um, when she showed me, she's like, "Trust me, the new ones are good." And I was like, "I'll give it a chance." And I have to say, it is. I see why it got so much traction. It is. I like the new ones, and I love Bill Hader's character. And it was weird seeing him in an asshole role. <laughs> Yeah, dude, he's 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 super solid actor. Which a lot of people I can't remember. I know he's a big Star Wars fan. Uh, I know because he does a really good job with the hood. Uh, but he was actually I, I told her and she freaked out. She didn't know it. He's actually the voice of BB-8. Lots of yeah, apparently he came in and just did the lines, and then they took his voice and translated it into like mechanical sounds and then just put filters on it that's pretty cool yeah so like he's actually like when he does like the finger thing or the the sad noise it's actually bill hater saying a a sad line or something i'm like that's cool it should be an imdb credit i did the finger thing and then don't leave anything else just leave that bit of take a flip <laughs> yes uh that was that that is probably of those movies. Have you have you seen? Have y'all guys have seen all the? I guess the what would you call them the the last trilogy so far? This newest one. Uh, Star Wars films. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? I know the the first one, Force Awakens, was great. Oh man. How do you how do you feel about the the other two? I know those are in the fandom kind of controversial right now. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to start a new podcast. If you want my opinions on those? <laughs> Uh, I, I went to see The Force Awakens 12 times in the theaters, not not joking. Uh, I really enjoyed The Force Awakens for what it is. Uh, I've seen a lot of people like, it's just basically a remake of A New Hope. I'm like, yeah, that's the typical bullshit I see online. Uh, it's, it's enjoyable. They ticked all the rap boxes, but they set off a new story to continue the, pre, the story that's ongoing. It, it was in a good direction. Then the, uh, what was the second one? Last Jedi? Yeah. While I enjoyed 
there's lots of things I enjoyed as a movie as a whole. I've only seen it probably three times since it was first released. Since once the theaters had no desire to go back to it, there's there is moments sprinkled out through all of those that I really enjoyed. I don't. There's certain things I don't don't agree with, but again, this is my personal opinion. I again, I'm not going to go into it because it's too long. And then <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. I think Rise of Skywalker was rushed. I think Rise of Skywalker was two movies put together to fix some issues that would fix some things that were started in last Jedi, then the change the story to go in a different direction. Granted, you know, Carrie's fit Carrie's passing was another big hurt to the film, but overall they did what they can. But I think my biggest problem with that trilogy is they started out and they did not have an end goal where they wanted it to end. They were just kind of making up as it went along the way. Uh, it's still enjoyable. And there is, I, I I love the originals. I also love the prequels. I'm over that generation. And there's people who despise the prequels. Well, there's going to be people who love the trilogy. This current trilogy is their prequels. It's it's their introduction. And if they dig for it, I'm not going to shit on it, man. The more power to you. There's plenty of moments sprinkled out for me that makes me happy. That's good enough for me. All these people that rush the internet to shit on people liking on anything, you people are in the wrong. We need to stop that. Why are you going to shit on somebody if they like it? And I feel like I'm on a soapbox now, so I'm going to step down. So, yeah, that's my, that's yeah, my, me, my best friend told me pretty much. He's like, with the last minute, it's like, if you liked Palpatine, then you're going to love the movie. But if you didn't like Palpatine, you're not going to like it. And for me and him, we've talked about it. I was like, the main thing that I didn't really like is it was Ray didn't, they don't have to be a Skywalker to be part of the force, which with the Mandalorian, we talked, I'll bring that up in a second. I didn't like the fact that it all it had to be centered around the Skywalkers or people who knew the Skywalker. I'm like, can you just give us a character that has nothing to do with them? It can still make a great movie. Which I just, I know this might be a weird, a bad opinion, but I just, I don't like the Palpatine aspect. They could have gone a different way. So there's an interview recently, and I honestly cannot remember the name of it to sort to credit my source, but this is from Daisy Ridley's own mouth. Originally, the idea was she was going to be related to Ben Kenobi. That's not see, that's not true. That's from her own mouth. I'll have to find it later on. See, uh, I would have loved that. I would have liked that. That's what well, I thought. Well, that's cool. I mean, I would have been knowing that too. I really, I I really enjoyed like you're nobody. You're nothing special about you. I like that too. It's yeah. just I don't I don't think they had an end game for where they wanted the story to finish off and they were just trying to make do what they had left. Kind of keep that. They're like, oh, crap, we don't got a script, but we got to get this out and make this money or Disney's going to chop our head off. <laughs> Probably. I mean, they were changing directors. Well, there's, there's, there's plenty of good things. Rogue One, fantastic movie. Solo got a super bad rap because I think the lot of The Last Jedi hate. It's a fantastic and fun movie. And we have The Mandalorian, which is also awesome. And then if no one's ever watched any of the Clone Wars animated series, that's amazing. What's wrong with you? Watch all that. There's plenty of goodness to make up for things you don't like for all those people who just don't like it. Oh, yeah. I love my my best friend got me into the animated series, which I fell in love with that. And he said the most heartbreaking about it is at the very end. uh, Spoilers. When you see Rex hold on as long as he can before he has to before he has to go ahead and do Order 66. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody who's followed the series knew, knew that that last episode was going to come to. So you got to prepare yourself. 
And then for the the Mandalorian, I, I love the Mandalorian. And that's comes to what me and my best friend were talking about, that you can have, they seen the numbers, you can have a great Star Wars story and have nothing to do with the Skywalkers. Uh, it also has Baby Yoda, which is I have an obsession with, and I don't oh, care. Me too, me too. I love it. <laughs> and for anyone who even gets fear, because I said Baby Yoda, yes, I'm damn well no, he is called the <laughs> child. I know he is not called Baby Yoda. He is not a younger, but, but again, Baby Yoda's race was never given a name, and that's what the internet shows. Uh, if you want to give him a name, I name I have actually the 11 inch uh, Walmart doll that they came out with. I'm obsessed with Baby Yoda. My girlfriend has bought me like three or four Baby Yoda shirts. Um, if you want to give him another name, I call him Nigel because Taika Waikiti on set of filming Mandalorian referred to the puppet as Nigel. Kind of like Bruce the shark in Jaws. Yes. <laughs> so I just call I him Nigel. But yeah, I'm looking forward to, are you guys looking forward to season two of the Mandalorian? I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, finishing episode one of the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I and I'm 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 not a as massive a Star Wars fan, you know, as some, but I I really I love the movies and uh, actually I haven't seen the last two the the ones people are all pissed off about. I guess I didn't see those. Um, I think I own them, but I haven't had a chance to watch. But um, Mandalorian, I tried watching the first episode several times, and I was like, I probably shouldn't be watching this with my kid because he's like cutting a dude in half with the door, and you know, there's a little bit of violence going on there. It's a little violent. It's not too bad. It's very much uh, what I explain it to people. It's sort of like Clint Eastwood's Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, just set in a futuristic, a futuristic setting. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see a good one, it's based off. I would look up the movie called Lone Wolf and Cub. It's oh yeah. It's oh yeah. Based, it's basically what it is. I love those. It's very even. I think John Farvel has said it's very much a space spaghetti western. Yeah, I mean, I dig it, man. I just you know, I don't know. Like we, you know, we watch at least one movie a week for the show for Spooky Dudes, and then. There's other stuff we we have to watch, and time has just been so limited. I thought that this whole quarantine thing was just gonna unlock unlimited potential time for me to work on projects and stuff, and unfortunately, it's the opposite of of what happened. Yes, as for me, I kind of I had to tell people. I even posted on my Facebook. I work at Kroger, and I was like, "Uh, it never stopped for me. I had to keep going. It actually picked up for me." Yeah. People need groceries. Like I remember when all of that toilet paper crap all started, and I was like, I had to. I told my dad, I was like, I'm doing a drug deal with you, because I, I was like, I had to take a thing of toilet paper, stick it in our freezer, meet my dad in a what was it, a convenience store parking lot, and I was like, here's, give me your 15 bucks. Here's your toilet paper. Thanks. I was like, we just did a 2020 drug deal. <laughs> I traded a Marvel Legend for a roll of toilet paper or a pack of toilet paper. I'm that <laughs> serious. It was a Target exclusive Red Hulk. Like, uh, <laughs> what do my fake want it? I'm like, well, I really want to pick a pack of toilet paper. Like, okay, let's be in the parking lot. <laughs> yes. I, got oh, I had good, so good. much of my family. They're like, hey, do y'all have any? I'm like, I will let you know when we get some in. I can't even buy any. 
<laughs> I was at Books a Million the other day, and I saw an interesting toy. It's a toilet paper roll shooter. It's a pistol. You should put a roll of toilet paper on, and it shoots toilet paper out of it. And I was just thinking, I'm like, I wonder if some company realized what's happening with toilet paper. And like, we've got a genius idea for those people who can't get rid of it. I can see a lot of people using that on Halloween to like TP people's houses. I don't know if that's ever a real thing or is that just a movie trope? Because I've never actually seen that in my real life. I'm going to kick them in the throat. (laughs) That's one thing I've always wondered (laughs) because I've never seen it in real life. I've only seen it in movie and TV shows. I'm like, I wonder if some little... I don't want to beat them up for the fact that they're actually rolling somebody's yard. I want to kick them in the throat for the simple fact that because for I don't know how many damn months people are going like, I can't wipe my ass. And then you got these dipshits got a surplus on toilet paper out there wasting it and like. Yes. Oh, God. I saw a joke thing recently and it was like, when you're in quarantine, you're low on toilet paper, you start looking at your how fluffy your cat is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, I live in the south. We just go out in the front yard and let the dog drag across the grass. Right. And then I had some old lady tell me in Kroger, I was like, oh, my God, that brings back rumors of my grandma. She was like, I think we're going to have to go back to using Sears catalogs again. I was like, do Ooh. you have some? <laughs> Not mine. We're all stuck together. Some pointy edges, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, geez. Mate, that just makes me think of the joke from Step Brothers. What's the best magazine? Better Homes and Garden magazine. <laughs> Regardless, it's it's strange times we're living in. So it's always best to take time and just chill out and watch some fun movies. Oh, TV. yes, for sure, for sure. Or uh, listen to a good uh, podcast. I recommend Spooky Dudes. <laughs> uh two two out of two out of two out of two spooky dudes recommend spooky dudes. Check it out. Yes. Um one thing I want, because you guys are into like horror and Halloween stuff, have either of you seen, because uh, we talked about Taika Waititi, have either of you seen the movie or the television series, What We Do in the Shadows? Yes, they're fantastic. I've seen the uh, movie. Love the movie. The TV series, if you haven't seen it, uh, me and my best friend have said, and you all y'all might disagree, that we believe the TV show is 10 times funnier than the movie was. Mm, it's more polished. It's made for TV. It's basically the same thing. It's just more more polished. Which and plus, I guess because I just love Matt Berry and and, and his character um, Laszlo. Just every every friggin' line just makes me die. Like I can't remember what scene, but it, uh, my best friend sent me when I got him to get into it. He watched for the first time. Sent me a video where he's like talking about. He's like. Something, something you wouldn't want to measure Bannister. He's like, don't you fucking show him this. I love, I love the movie. I've heard a lot of people like the uh, show better than the movie. But I, like nobody dislikes the movie. I'm just saying like, I, I have heard people kind of echo what you were saying there. Yeah, the movie is very soup. Like the show has that dark, dry humor. And the movie is like super, super dry dry humor so the the tv show is just a little bit more of that that britishy dropping the f-bomb type comedy <laughs> especially matt berry uh there's a show he was in that i i can't remember the name of the show i think it was snuff box but there's a, a youtube video you guys got to look up that just makes me die he's 
trying to pick up these girls and something happens and each one of them is like, oh, let me do this to my girlfriend or let me do this. And they bring out their boyfriend. He's just like, fuck you. And just punches a, what was it? Uh, she's going to walk in the guy's dog and she's like, yeah, I got to take this dog back to my boyfriend. He's like, ah, fuck you. And just punk kicks the fucking dog. In the movie? Uh, it's a show. It's a British TV show he was in. It's oh. a confirmation from a show he was in. Oh. Uh, so I just love Matt Berry's humor. So I'm guessing that's also why I have kind of a, a leeway more towards the TV series. The the TV series. And another Taika Waititi movie that uh, you guys would like. I don't know if you're into like, I wouldn't say it's a war movie, but it does deal with like the Nazis and Jews and stuff. Uh, his movie Jojo Rabbit. I won an Oscar, at least one, right? Yeah, uh, I think it was like best screenplay adaptation. Which I'm, I'm so glad that he got one because that movie, yes, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a situation, but it's more of a, it's a satire film. But his humor's in there, and it that movie will make you laugh your ass off, or you can't breathe, and then turn around and make you ball your eyes out but the message that that movie shows even though it's, it's like Taika said even though it's about Nazis and Jews that message still reverberates what's going on now that you should love everyone even if you shouldn't just see the message I'm just gonna say the message that he portrays in that movie is just I'm so glad it won an Oscar because I was, I was gonna be pissed if not I'm like this movie if anything, deserves something for this achievement. If you have, let me, let me do this. This, if I if I was to leave you with just one film to take away from this, anyone listening, that is just a magical experience that you need to experience in life one time. That's called the Greasy Strangler. Mm. I cannot recommend that one bit. Well, no, no, I cannot recommend that. Wait, what? I was going to say, you better recommend it. I can't recommend it. It's late, boys. <laughs> My brain's like shut down. It's one of the, our best-reviewed films on the show. Yeah. It's I very unique. Awesome. Yeah, Eric I, is also a bullshit artist, so... It's, well, hey, you're a bullshit artist. Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie. <laughs> I got my brain. Basically, yeah, I'll definitely the, the, have to check that out. Uh, what is it about? Like, I I don't recognize the title. Court. If like if like Tim and Eric, um, Tim, Tim and Eric, and what was the oh Tim and Eric, and then whoever made Napoleon Dynamite, if those if those people all had a baby, and that baby made a movie, and the movie had a lot of wieners and and <laughs> and just nastiness in it. It would be the Greasy Strangler. It sounds like my type of movie because I, I love both of those movies. <laughs> I think you, you I, I don't, I don't think your your brain really had really prepared what you will see, but after you see it, you're like, I get why I need to have seen this. Yes, it's just pure entertainment and just strange. It's so strange. It's just such a weird movie, dude. It's so unique. We wanted to do a screening of it at a local convention, but uh, we kind of talked ourselves off that cliff. Um, I don't know. We're definitely going to do it when Rona's over because it's just going to be balls out. It just don't matter. It's greasy just everywhere. 
Yeah, speaking of cons, uh, I don't know if you guys ever went to Hulanta. I did. I went to, I used to go to a lot when it was called Tomgate, and then they changed it to Hulanta. I'm like, well, that's a weird name. Okay, I understand it. But sadly, I went I went the very final year before they uh, put it to bed. Uh, speaking of it, I was at, like I said, I was talking to Alan, the guy who uh, ran the convention, and he didn't give any spoilers, but he said after he had some time to kind of relax after 15 years, all he told me was in a very wink, wink, nodge, nodge voice was stay tuned. So if you were big on that convention, I could say that's kind of, exclu- I was like, is this an exclusive? He was like, just uh, all I got to say is stay tuned. There is just stay tuned for the con. And I was like, oh, okay. I had a lot of fun at that convention. I granted I would only go for one day just because it was like a day trip for me. And it was always on weekends where I never could stay a whole weekend, but I had a lot of fun. I met a lot of cool people there. Granted, a lot of people I did meet there, I also I've known them every year, ran into them at Dragon Con and other cons, but still, it's a fun time, especially if you're a Hoovian in the this part of the globe. Oh, yeah. I, um, I was always in the con suite. I worked that every year uh, for, I think, at least. Half of the time, yeah, yeah, pretty much the whole time I was there at the con, I did the con suite, so I got to meet a lot of people. I may have probably met you guys or whatever, just going through the the convention. It's quite possible. But yeah, definitely, like I said, I, I didn't know if either you went, and I was like, let me throw this little nugget in there, if it kind of sparks some interest. <laughs> Another, uh, uh, I'm big on because talk about nostalgia, and I, my best friend introduced me to this filmmaker and his movies. Uh, when a lot of my, my best friend got me into a lot of, I was a geek, but he got me into like Star Wars and a lot of big things I am into now because his dad was like that and got him into it. Uh, I always recommend to anybody my age or younger, I just showed my nephew and them uh, these movies. Any Mel Brooks movie, any Mel Brooks movies uh, in general. Uh, which is our favorite? Uh, just, uh, I just recommend those movies. But yeah, which ones are your favorites of those movies? Oh, man. Uh, Spaceballs, Rohan and Tights, History of the World Part 1. I, th- I, honestly, I, think I, I don't think I've disliked any of his films, really. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That was, I just showed, uh, I showed my nephew and them Spaceballs and uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, which my girlfriend pointed out and I didn't realize it. The dude who is uh, playing Little John in that uh, is the dad from uh, Good Luck Charlie. Oh, that's cool. Because she, she, because she's uh, only a few years younger than me. So she watched a lot more of that than I did. Cause she's 22 and I'm, I'm almost 26 and she's like, yeah, I remember watching that. And I was like, uh, I kind of did watch a little bit of that, but I was kind of watching other things, <laughs> but I was like, I didn't realize that she told me, but I showed them that and they loved, uh, what is it? Uh, they loved men in tights and they, they got some of the humor from space balls, but they didn't get all of the humor. <laughs> it's, uh, I'd say it's humor that definitely, don't translate well to many of mod- of of a certain age. It's a type of a type of humor in a film that films that would definitely not be made nowadays, considering today's climate. Uh, oh, yeah. 
but still they're 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 very funny man yeah young frankenstein is another one that i love as well oh i forgot about young frankenstein i knew that was popping my head yeah that's a good one yeah for sure like there was a uh, i was listening to an interview with max his son with mel's son max and he was talking about uh how mel was helping his son with a project and uh, i can't remember what it was but he had made these jokes this polish jokes or something and he was teaching it to to max's son and he was like dad i know it's for a project and you're trying to make him have a good presentation but he can't make jokes like that anymore <laughs> so he was teaching max's son jokes about polish people uh making i think he was yeah he was doing a a project on the holocaust and mel was making giving him jokes to to put in the presentation to make the holocaust presentation funny uh, Mel Brooks was on uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. It was right after, um, after uh, who was it passed away? Uh, Gene Wilder. Yeah, Gene Wilder when he passed away, he was. They brought him on here basically to talk about Gene, and he he did a joke about Hitler, and <laughs> I watched Jimmy Fallon like, like instantly clutch up like, oh god, oh god, what are you doing? Like, calm down, Jimmy. And even Mel's like, what's wrong? What to do? <laughs> I think he's just one of those guys that he can he can do anything and you're just like, oh, I love Mel has that that type of everybody loves him. So anything he says, you're you're just like, oh, it's just Mel Brooks. It's cool. <laughs> so for Corey, for you, what would be your some of your favorites from Mel? Uh, I don't know, man, like. Blazing Saddles is awesome. Uh, Young Frankenstein's real good. I mean, I, I guess um, Robin Hood Men in Tights because that was the first one I really saw growing up, you know? Because I was in high school when that came out, so it was, like, very quotable. And, you know, uh, the whole chastity belt, Maid Marian thing, you know? Of course, I was like, yeah, you know? <laughs> Yes, for sure. Spaceballs is really good too. I mean, I just I'm like Eric. I don't I don't remember any of his movies sucking. So I used to wear a chastity belt a long time ago, just for fun. <laughs> yeah, Blazing Saddles, especially if any of them, that is one that never, never can be made in again. At least in this day and age. Yeah, man. Which I found out, I don't know if you guys knew, uh when they wrote that movie, Mel has said in an interview, all the N-words that are dropped in that movie were written by Richard Pryor. And because uh, how they did it, all of the white characters are written by Richard Pryor and black comedians, and all the black parts were written by, and all like the other races were written by the, uh, the white guys. So every, people are like, oh, that movie's so racist. I'm like, but every single one of them, he's like, there, Mel says that every time something was said, he'd have to go to Richard and go, is this okay? Is this okay? And Richard goes, I just made a white guy just drop the N-word 13 times. Is that okay with you? <laughs> well, just, not the greatest thing to do. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I watch a lot of exploitation movies, and so there's just a lot of, insensitive insensitivity at like every level you can imagine and so i mean that stuff doesn't 
doesn't phase me or anything. I I do not go around saying those sort of things. I don't go around thinking them either. But I I, I can't. I'm not going to stop watching that movie because, you know, it's says some language that I don't use. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Which that makes me laugh because I know on Hulu they just recently they've done a lot of what would you call it? They've done a lot of washing of a lot of stuff that was on their platform. And hmm. I was shocked because when they still had them on there, they had that movie. I was like, wow, all the censorship you guys have done, like with Family Guy episodes, I've seen they've changed some stuff. Uh, like uh, there's one episode that it's the one where Lois is like dresses uh, Grimace. And uh, the line, I even looked it up. I was like, wait, that I was like, I, I don't. I was like, I don't use that language like you said, but I was like, that ruins the joke is because she comes in and she's like, look, it's Grimace trying to be sexy. And she's like, and he's like, Lois, nobody likes Grimace. That's Ron McDonough's retarded friend. But on Hulu, they edit it to autistic. And I'm like, what? That ruins the entire joke. It doesn't make any sense anymore. So with that, with even with that extreme censorship, I was so shocked that they left Blazing Saddles on Hulu. That's why it's always best to enjoy physical media, kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. I, I'm all for being, you know, being inclusive and sensitive and everything, but I'm also, like, not for censorship at all. So, I mean, I censor stuff for my kids, right? But I don't want you, I don't want you to censor stuff for me. I'm a grown-ass man. If, if I want to watch Blazing Saddles, I should be allowed to. I'm not. You know, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just watching a movie. And really, a movie that's been heralded as like a classic. So, you know, I, I know that there's problematic entertainment that's that's kind of come and gone and whatever. But I I still don't, I still don't believe in censoring it. I think that's, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's one of those things with yeah. my best friend, because I guess we are comedy fans. We're like, uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody's like, I know we should be sensitive to people, but it's a fucking joke. It is meant as a joke. Get over yourself. Everybody that's needs to go to from time to time. Oh, yeah, that's why like, I try to... It's the same concept like with Don Rickles. Like He said some of the most craziest stuff, but he always meant it as a joke and meant it with love. Like recently, I was just watching the uh, uh, camera. What I think it was on either Tubi or one of those uh, things. They have all of the um, Dean Martin celebrity roasts, and just watching the humor from those old comedians was just great. And like I said, no, there was all types of people in there, and nobody was offended because they all understood that. It was a joke and making fun. It was all in good fun and love of the people they were talking about. Well, yeah, man. I, I just, I, my, my thing is the, what's the intent behind it? You know, this has gotten kind of a little too political, but, yeah. you know, what's the intent behind what you're saying? You know, not just like what yeah. you're saying, but why are you saying it? And I don't know, man. It's 
I like movies. I like all kinds of movies. Oh, movies yeah. that are offensive. Movies that have lots of sex or lots of violence. Whatever. If it's entertaining, it's entertaining. That's yeah, why Jess like- Franco is so popular. Poppy, he's popular with me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just boobs and blood. I know uh, you guys Wait. like a lot of old cinematic stuff. Um, a podcast that I recommend that I listen to frequently now, and as long as you can get over his voice, uh, Gilbert Godfrey has a really good podcast, and he talks to a lot of... Uh, a lot of old Hollywood people, like he just had uh, the guy who played Jethro on uh, the Beverly Hillbillies original, and they they talk a lot about uh, Universal monsters and stuff. I don't know if I could take Gilbert Godfrey directly to my ear, so for that. <laughs> it, you talking about the the Beverly Hillbillies movie or the show? Oh no, the the show from the the, the black and white. Oh man, I can't remember that guy's name. I think it's like Max Barr. I think. That sounds right. But yeah, they had a lot of guests like that. And they, uh, I think, was it, I think it was Rob Zombie they had on there. And uh, I was thinking, wow, I wish I had that kind of money for collecting. He has one of, uh, I think it was in the millions of dollars. Uh, he has the original, one of the original 1938 Frankenstein posters in his house. Who, Rob Zombie? Yeah. Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me. He's collected crazy shit like we do for you know decades now, and now he's got like just a buttload of money. So he has the I think it's MTV used to do that like, crib show, or whatever, <clears throat> whatever video. They, there's a video that's like that with him going on a tour tour of his house, and it's pretty it's pretty crazy some of the stuff he's got. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it legit looks like you're walking into the set of the Adams Family when you walk in his house. <laughs> he showed his bedroom. He said, I wonder if my bedroom to look like a 60s brothel. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even look like you got it. You're like, you're crazy, man, but I love you to death. <laughs> well, and that episode was probably shot like 20, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago, back when MTV showed music videos too. Yeah. And so, I mean, you can imagine what he's moved into now. Oh, yeah. Because I think he was talking about it on the podcast about that was his old house and now he's in a a different one. One thing that he talked about too that I didn't know if you guys know because I know you you guys love his franchises. Uh that Sherry Moon, even though she he's uh, he's like I always put her in these very gore scenes, but she herself doesn't love gore. Well I had to make no. one I had to make one correction there though. Uh I like one of his franchises. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, we were talking, I was talking to somebody about his movies the other day. Cause they were just like, they quoted something he said on the Joe Rogan podcast. He said, I don't learn. Um, I'm incapable of it. I just, you know, keep doing stuff and then eventually it's, it's okay. Or, or it's good. And so somebody was like, Oh, so eventually he'll make a good movie. <laughs> and I was like, no, bro, he's made some good movies. He's also made 31, which is like basically unwatchable. Um, That's what I haven't seen. <laughs> it's, it's not good. The oh, Halloween, I'm, I'm going to go heard. back. I'm going to go I'm, back and visit those Halloween movies though, because I feel like I may have at the time, harshly judge them based on the originals and i don't think that that's fair to do that 
I think that's what my girlfriend was telling me because she is a big, uh, I'm probably going to butcher his name, uh, John Carver, John Carnover, the guy who created Carpenter. it. Yeah, the, uh, him, she's a big fan of his work and Halloween, the series is, the movies are her favorite and she said that, she's like, you got to take that to the side. This is not that movie. This is a whole nother take. And she said, if you're a big fan of the originals, don't look at it with that lens. Look at it as this is its own thing. Well, like I said earlier, always go back and check out older things because there's a lot of content that you might be surprised at how much you will like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, with that, too, uh, like speaking of the older shows like that, one of my favorites, I'm glad, I think Netflix has it, is uh, The Munsters. Oh, really? I think, yeah, they have the original, which I don't know if you guys knew this. I just met uh, DragonCon 2019. Uh, uh, he, I can't remember his name, uh, but he was the voice of Max Goof. But in the 80s, there was a remake. It was kind of a, it was a remake, uh, not a remake. It was kind of a continuum of the monsters. And they kind of went in these coffins at the end, if you see the original series, and they get trapped. Well, this takes place after they come out of it and realize they're in, in the time modern day, which was 1980s. And surprisingly, that series was actually pretty good. And uh, I was talking to him and he said he was at a con and somebody brought up an Eddie Pop figure and wanted him to sign it. And he told him, uh, give me a second. He called the actual Butch Patrick and said, hey, is this OK? And Butch said, yeah, it's OK. If you sign it, you're you're Eddie, too. So. If you like the original Monsters, I recommend the the '80s one, which is pretty good. It's no, there's no the grandpa is no Al Lewis, but I it's a good it's a good series. I'll have to check it out because I'm more, I'm I'm a more I'm more Monsters than Adams Family, so yeah. yeah which I cool. remember I the, uh, the guy who plays Herman. Uh, he's been in a bunch of different fans fandom stuff that you would guys would. Let me uh, Google his name. Fred Fred Gwynn. Oh no, no, not uh, the guy in the '80s version. Oh. Yeah, he's been in a he's been in a lot of things. Uh, let me look it up real quick, because I got recognized. I was like, he sounds familiar. What have I seen him in? And uh, I googled him. Let me see. Uh, Monsters, nineteen eighty. The Monsters today. Yeah, that's what it was. John Shuck, looks like. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's oh. been in a bunch of things. But yeah, it's Star Trek movie. 4 and 5. Yeah, so I, like I said, I recognized him, and I was like, Herman's actor looks familiar. And yeah, I when I looked him up, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, if you guys are Monsters fans, I recommend, I recommend the 80s version. And uh, the one guy does a very good version of Eddie and the the mom. I can't remember. She, I, I I know it's weird. I'm into goth chicks. She's hot, but she's not as hot as the original actor who played Lily. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being in the goth chicks. This is that. Yeah, yeah, man. Everybody's yeah, got I, their thing. You know? I told my girlfriend, I was like, I'm going to give you this thing. I was like, and it's true. If you watch Teen Titans... And you liked Raven. You either grew up to uh, like big titty goth girls, or you became a big titty goth girl. 
I don't know what my, my inspiration was for my attractions. <laughs> oh, man. You want to get into that? I'm in a very strong <laughs> movie to kick my ass. So I'm curious. Yeah. I guess because I watched a lot of Sword and Santa movies. I don't know. With the, I'm going to say you probably had an attraction to Xena. <laughs> As the Warrior Princess? Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. <laughs> she's, a, she's a lovely woman, by the way. Oh, Lucy, Lucy Lawless. Lawless. Yeah. I think I, she was at Dragon one year, wasn't she? That's the one year I went. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Somebody was telling me about it. Her and the uh, the one who played the redhead girl. I don't know if she was there that year. I'm not sure. Yeah, probably the... I know the one year that I always remember, and it comes back to comic books, is when Stan Lee was there. It was Stan Lee and Alice Cooper. So for me being a geek kid who also loved classic rock, just meeting Stan Lee and then walking two feet, like 10 feet and meeting Alice Cooper. <laughs> So when I went, Alice Cooper was there. They had him in his own little room. Yes. And I was I was just befuddled because I see like, where's the line? Like Alice yes. Cooper's sitting here, and I walk in this room. There's there's probably ten people in there. I'm like, the back of my head, like, where the hell was the line for Alice Cooper, man? I was like, did they not know he's here? But still, it's like, okay. I mean, I got uh, yeah. the thing. Uh, cool. If you remember the big giant signs they had promoting his thing. At the end of the con, I talked to the one of the promoter guys. I actually got one of the big signs that says Alice Cooper, Dragon Con, what days and stuff. Well, that's cool. Which he, uh, the cool thing about when I met him that made it extra special, I was cosplaying as Slash. Nobody the entire time knew who I was. I was like, I have the hair. I have a Guns N' Roses t-shirt on. I have the piercings and the freaking wig and a top hat. I and just wanted to chill out and talk about Indian reservations. Yes, and they, I, when I walked in, the cool thing was, one, he complimented my top hat, and then he went, oh, you're Slash. Let me take a picture. I'll text this to Slash later on. That's cool. And then I was like, that's, it was, but for me, what was weird, too, is seeing him without his makeup. I'm like, oh, you look so different. You actually look like, you look like my grandpa. <laughs> I hope you didn't tell him that. Oh, no, I was just thinking, I was like, Wow, that's your, that makeup does you wonders, man. I can definitely tell you've did a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that I, you guys probably can tell for me. Even though I'm young, I'm into a lot of a lot of old things that a lot of old good things. Well, that's a good thing. Discovering old stuff is, I mean. There's a lot of stuff miss, people miss out. Yeah, for sure. Especially music-wise. I guess it was my dad that got me into a lot of the music that I that I listened to. Because he would you know, take me to school or I'd hang out on the weekends with him. And so a lot of the music I grew up on was like a lot of the... He was a big Kiss fan. So I grew up on like Kiss, Rush, and uh, Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses. And then I kind of from that got my own taste. And now, like, one of my favorite groups of all time, I have a wall that's just, I collected their stuff as the Beatles. All right, on. Because I did a, for their 50th anniversary, I got it at Ollie's. It's originally a $60 book. But I got it for 10 bucks. It has, like, their ticket stubs and posters. 
like I'm looking at it right now, it's a poster when they were on a like on an event with Roy Orbison. And so, like I said, like I told somebody, like I told Alan, stuff like the Beatles to this day, I was explaining to my nephew, because I don't know, he was talking about these new rap people, and I'm like, uh, I'm, I know, let me tell you some good stuff. And uh, I was telling him about how what they did to songwriting and the impact they just had on the industry that they're just, somebody told me, they're like, the Beatles in One Direction are the same thing. And I was like, don't you even go there. <laughs> I'm like, not close. The One Direction will never, never be the Beatles. I was like, they may be four guys from England, but they're never the Beatles. How do you guys feel about uh, the Beatles or that type of music? I know you guys probably grew up in that era at the same time. Because my dad is... I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not that old. I mean, just like the, the 80s music. Oh, uh, I have a large uh, variety of taste in music. and they, I mean, when I tell him I listen to everything, I, I mean everything. I'm including opera. I just, but here currently, most of the days, I listen. I really mention synthwave. And now that's become very popular. I just, that's mainly what I listen to now is a lot of synthwave artists. Uh, for those who don't know what synthwave is, it's basically that really, that really you know catchy electronic music you heard in the 80s films, you know, Halloween, slashers, anything. But I'm into that stuff now. But I listen to just about everything. It's got a good beat, man. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll chime along to it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, what about you, Corey? Just like music in general, or, or straight up, like how do I feel about the Beatles? Oh, uh, uh, both. <laughs> uh, I love the Beatles. I love. Uh, I grew up, you know, like I said, my dad collected records, and so there was a very often music playing in the house. Um, one of my favorite songs growing up was "Walk This Way," uh, but I much prefer the um, the version that was played in my house. I, I didn't even know that Aerosmith did the song without run dmc yes and so i got much older because my mom would play that on a you know like a 45 in our living room all the time and i loved that song uh the aerosmith version i don't think it's nearly as good but um yeah i kind of grew up on that uh, my favorite band is, is clutch um kind of a they, they started off as kind of a really heavy i don't know hardcore band i guess i don't know what you'd call it but they've kind of molded over the years to be this sort of mixture of like jazz and funk and metal kind of all together um maybe a little less on the funk and stuff but they're really uh like a blues influence you've probably heard them and people have probably heard them and don't even know it like they kind of sound like volbeat if you know who volbeat is yeah, kind of, kind of a like like a like a heavy, heavy rock that you can understand what the guy's saying. It's not just screaming. Um, but yeah, they're 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 awesome. I've seen them live. I think five, at least five times. Man, I love them. I like Wu Tang Clan. So yeah, rap music. Uh, everything. Yeah, it's, it was funny. Uh... Because, like I said before, the area I live in is not great. And uh, I listen to, because I li- like Eric, I listen to a lot of things because I had five siblings and one was into rap, one was into pop, 
so and I had three sisters, so I heard my brothers rock and hip hop, and then I had my sisters in sync and a bunch of different other poppy bands. So I kind of have uh, influence of different stuff. But with Volbeat, uh, I love like the older stuff as well. I try to tell people if Volbeat's one of those bands, and I think the lead singers even said this. Volbeat is if you take Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, and Metallica and put them in a blender, you get Volbeat. Because they have the mumbly sort of, of of Elvis Presley, but the bluesy folk harmonica rhythmics of Johnny Cash with the heavy metal guitars and drums of Metallica. Yeah, I would say that they're very similar to Metallica in general. I, it's going to sound like I'm being an asshole, but like uh, that kind of mainstream, you know, like Rock 105 type metal and rock, like um, Five Finger Death Punch, uh, Volbeat, Metallica. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. I'm sounding like I'm like I'm poo pooing it, and I'm oh, not. Yeah. I just that's I kind of lump that all in together. Because a lot of the stuff I listen to and I really appreciate does not get much radio play on a mainstream oh, yeah, radio station. I don't oh, yeah, like this a... mainstream trash. Oh yeah, there's. <laughs> oh, a... I'm in, I'll listen to that too, you know. But oh yeah, there's a group my buddy just uh, showed me, and I was like, I've never heard them on the radio. They, they ne- they said they didn't get influence from Rush, but they, you can tell that they did. Uh, they're a group called Coheed and Cambria. Oh yeah, I know Coheed. Yeah, I, like I said, you don't hear a lot of them on the radio. The one song that I'm guessing everybody knows by them is "Welcome Home." But yeah, they have. I love their other stuff. Like they have a a new song they just came out with with Rick Springfield. It's Jesse's Girl Two, and it's the perspective of the other person, and it features Rick Springfield. It's kind of interesting. I don't. It's kind of interesting. I don't like the original yeah. song very much. Uh, yeah, I didn't know they were doing stuff like that. I thought they broke up. They, they're uh, still together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like okay. I think they just dropped this album not too long ago. And then uh, I don't know if you've heard of this group. They're more. They're re- the reason they got big or not big, but they got a lot of traction because they did a cover of uh, "Zombies" by the Cranberries. Uh, the group called Bad Wolves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard heard that. Yeah. They have a new song. It's called "Sober," and it's it's not like a it's it's very much uh, if you like theory of a dead man, it's sort of that kind of feel. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, this stuff's okay. It's it's not my jam. <laughs> I'm kind of weird. Like you know, my musical tastes are kind of weird. Oh yeah, like I, I told my girlfriend of my, I was like, when you grab my phone on the AUX, it's gonna get weird. I was like, I can go from heavy death metal from Kill Switch to George Jones to like, was it that I said I was like George Jones back to like Queen? So I was like, then it goes from that to Run DMC. So just watch out. <laughs> you yeah, are a funk band listen to George Clinton. Yeah, dude, Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> I was listening to Kill Switch Engage in the car with my kids today. 
how did your uh, how did your kids take that <laughs> uh they sing along with like uh holy diver and um my curse only oh, the okay. only the stuff with uh with um harold i don't i don't i'm not real into the other oh, yeah, name I'm right? am i messing his name up is it, it is harold right uh oh no uh uh i think that's is it the the bald uh mixed guy yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's Howard, and then the Howard, other, yeah, the the more punky, uh, lamb chop looking dude. Uh, that's uh, that's Jesse. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I really just was into them, like when Howard was lead singer, and I kind of started listening to his other bands, like uh, The Devil You Know. Uh, have you heard uh, his their cover of uh, I think it's one of his bands. Their cover of Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. He's just got a real good voice, man. Yeah, he, the, the that he just kind of got the short stick when everybody's like, "Oh, I like him with that one song that they did." <laughs> I'm like, he did better. He did more stuff with Killswitch than just Holy Diver. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's a real good cover though. But yeah, man, they uh, one of the coolest. Uh, soundtracks for a horror movie is uh, Freddy versus Jason, and like right when the credits hit in uh, Freddy versus Jason, it's uh, When Darkness Falls by uh, Killswitch Engage, and that was actually the first time I ever heard them, and I and I I heard that song come up, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm into this. And like, I need to know who this is. That's one movie that me and her, my girl, just watched recently, and she was so pissed because we're I was after watching it, rewatching it after seeing it as a young kid. We were so mad that the, the, a sequel never was made. Because if you watch the movie at the end, there's the little wink that, hey, there's going to be another one of these. Uh, I wish. Because that was that was a good movie. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that movie. It was especially like the, what was it? It was very, the creature I liked a lot was the very Alice in Wonderland, pot smoking Freddy worm. <laughs> Oh yeah, and the Jason Muse ripoff character, Freeberg or whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> the total Jay and Silent Bob, Jay Muse ripoff. Ah uh, yes. Those are that's one films that my buddy because I was never allowed to watch them as a child. My buddy got me into a lot of the Kevin Smith films. Yeah, Clerks is really good. Clerks and uh, <laughs> we, uh, what is the one? Uh, the one that we liked a lot too was Clerks, Mall Rats, and uh, what is the other one? Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back with the one with George Carlin in it. Yeah, that one's it's a lot of fun. It's stupid. It's it is fun. The Dogma Dogma's not. I, I kind of love hate. I have a love hate relationship with Dogma. Yeah. Which of that movie we definitely have to give thanks to for the. I told my girlfriend, I was like, I know we're both religious and this might be really bad, but can we have a Buddy Christ in our house? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? It's a wholesome statue. I was yeah. like, it's just, I've seen so many Buddy Christ at Dragon Con. It's so great. Well, that's the thing with fandom, man. You can love whatever you want as long as it brings you joy. Who cares what anybody else has to say? I had a great conversation with you guys or 
Uh, so I'm glad, glad, like I said, I was glad we got to, to do this episode and uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, is there anything you guys want to plug besides uh, Spooky Dudes or any projects you guys are working on? If you'd like to see more of me and my other work I do, because I also am a photographer, you can find me on pretty much all the social media outlets. I'm very active and mostly active on the Instagram. Uh, it's at geeky83. And come on down and check out my uh, photography delicacies, whatever you want to say. Including a lot of Baby Yoda stuff. <laughs> I'll definitely have to look into that. My, uh, my girlfriend, since I've gotten the doll, she's like, oh my God, can we put it in a onesie? Can we take pictures with it? To the point where my dad now has a joke. Uh, I first sent him a picture and I had just the seat belt around the little container. It comes in. He was like, son, you need to get that thing a car seat. That's illegal. Yeah. I got a hoodie for mine. Go for it. That's <laughs> fun, man. It's, it's a ball. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Which I told her because she, uh, she has this issue and she can't have children. I was like, well, I guess this is going to be our, our test run for a kid. <laughs> oh, I tell everybody, that's my son. I don't care. I don't care what he says. Yes. <laughs> my sure, sure. now uh Corey, is there anything you want to promote or anything or um yeah i'll just uh say you know uh spooky dudes has a pod uh has a podcast yes it does it is a podcast it also has a website that is pretty new it's spookydudes.org we have a blog going there we have a shop attached to it a link to patreon if uh some listeners want to um you know support the dudes um also, do want to mention an event that's coming up. I think this may. I don't. When does this go? Go uh, live. It should be. I think this event happens in October. I'm not certain. Has Has Richard set a date for this thing, Eric? Uh, honestly, I don't know. So our buddy Richard, he also used to be part of ESO Network. Uh, he used to do a show called. Well, he still does a show, but uh, Nerdy Laser. You may have heard of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I uh, uh, I've listened to a lot of Richard's stuff. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Richard's awesome. He's he's a good friend of ours. Like, you know, people start out as just like occasional podcast buddies and turn out into real friends. But um, he is doing an event, and I believe it's in October. I don't have a date, so pardon me on that. But it is called the uh, Podcasticon. It is going to be a three day. Uh, audio pop culture convention slash podcast. Uh, I think he's going to program about 10 hours of, of material for each day for three days, you know, 30 hours. Um, there's going to be some live stuff. Uh, there's going to be some late night programming, which will probably be done by me and Eric or just me. I don't know. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I like sleazy things. It's gonna be a Zoom meeting of me just dancing around pasties. Oh yeah, dude, we're gonna, we'll get out the Severin uh, uh, titty stickers. Uh, but yeah, tons of podcasts. He's actually, I think he's reached out to some people on ESO. So um, there'll be lots of stuff. It's totally free. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. I think there's gonna be some giveaways too. We'll probably be breaking in between. I, I don't know the logistics of how this thing's going to work, but it is exciting and, and we'll be doing some live giveaways and it's just going to be fun, man. It'll be like a, you know, there's a lot of online conventions now, so this will be like an online. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, 
thanks for uh, coming on the uh, the podcast. And uh, uh, do you guys want to say the enjoy the madness? Enjoy the madness, my dudes. All right, that's going to be another episode of the Phantom Squad podcast. You are now leaving the Phantom Squad podcast. I don't want to go.